So as reflecting on today's passages from sacred scripture, I recalled a course that uh, all entering freshmen were required to take at the University of Akron. It's called Western Culture. And part of the required reading there was reading the Iliad and the Odyssey. And I learned during that course that it was more than about just the Trojan War or about a 20-year journey of a man back, but it was rather about the laws of hospitality, how the people on the Mediterranean bases were always on the lookout for the stranger that would approach their door and how they were called to welcome them. When you look at it from that perspective, then the story of the Iliad starts to take a new definition. Paris, prince of the son of Priam, the king of Troy, is taking advantage of the hospitality of Menelaus, the king of, where was it? What was he the king of? <laughs> of Macedonia. And when he was partaking of this thing, he became in love with Helen. And he took her away from King Menelaus. And as doing that, he broke the sacred law of hospitality. He became the reason for the downfall of Troy. Helen became the face that launched a thousand ships. And of all those people who responded to the call, they were responding for one reason and one reason only. The call had been made because hospitality had been broken had been violated, and they served well the cause. Odysseus, on his 20-year journey back to his homeland in Ithaca, he is not aware of what's going on in his own home. His wife Penelope is being suitored. She's being courted by these princes of Ithaca, and they want to take over Odysseus' position. For 20 years, they're eating him out of house and home. And he comes back dressed as a servant, a beggar, the lowest of all people who might approach the door. And he observes what is going on. And eventually, he takes his vengeance and kills them all and everybody lives happily ever after. Well, if you know Greek tragedy, that's not true, because Greek tragedy is about how our lives is filled with ups and downs, with tragedies and good times. In our first reading today, we have our father in faith, Abraham, sitting at the front of his tent, during the heat of the day, and three strangers approach. He jumps up immediately and he runs to them and he begs them, do not go any further. Stop at my place. Let me feed you. Let me refresh you before you continue your journey. Now in Bedouin tradition, this is more than just being kind to a stranger coming. It's a matter of life and death. 
because no one was sure exactly where the next water hole might be, the next place to be refreshed. And so this reaching out to those who come to your door, furnishing them with their needs, was more than courtesy. It was something to be obeyed, something to be followed. It was part of one's life. It was expected. And so when we see in the gospel passage that Jesus approaches this house and Mary and Martha, the two sisters are there, they welcome him. But Martha, the oldest, takes her responsibility seriously. She is working diligently to meet the stranger's need. But she's also frustrated. And each one of us can relate to that frustration. When we work hard and expect someone to help us in our project, and they don't, certainly we become upset. And she goes to the Lord. She says, Lord, don't you recognize what's going on here? Don't you see that Mary's just sitting there at your feet and I'm working diligently to fulfill the obligation of hospitality? Tell Mary to get off sitting there, stand up, and come in the kitchen with me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you're troubled with many things, but Mary has chosen the right thing. Mary has prioritized her life to listen to the story I have to tell her, the story of how much God loves all of his creation. And because she is willing to listen, this will not be taken away from her. Now, is he bad-mouthing Martha? Is saying that Martha is not necessary? Of course not. He doesn't want this tradition, this rule of hospitality to be foregone. He wants it to be followed. But he wants all of us, all of us to set priorities in our life. And what is that priority? The first priority is Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your being. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. That is where hospitality comes in. Martha and Mary are the obverse and the reverse of the same coin of humanity. We all have obligations on one side and we all have things that we would love to do on the other side. And we should be able to balance this out in our lives. But let's take a look at our society. Let's take a look at how we look at hospitality. The other day I was visited by two young men that came to the door and the door was open and I happened to see him approach the porch. So I got up and I went out to the porch. And we discussed the thing. They were trying to sell me on some literature that they had. 
Not once was I going to let them pass my door. Not once was I going to let them inside my house. I'll talk to you here, but you go no further. It never crossed my mind that it was 96 degrees. These people were out walking. I never once thought of offering them something to drink. I never once thought of saying, come in a little bit further into my house and cool down. I have air conditioning. You'll love it inside. Not once. Why? Why is it that I thought that way? We are all creatures of the history in which we have been raised in. In our culture, we are self-deficient. We are independent. We don't need anybody. And lately, it seems that that unholy trinity is really taking a grip on our society, that me, myself, and I trinity. The trinity that says, do whatever you're going to do for your own benefit. You know, the golden rule, do unto others as you to have them do unto you. Well, our generation has added a new phrase, only do it first. We have to come to understand that we are not that sophisticated that we can forget that everyone has been created in the image and the likeness of God. And being created in that image and likeness of God, we owe them a respect of that dignity. Dignity given by God. A dignity that cannot be taken away from them. For those of you who come to the morning mass, you know that that's constantly my prayer when we offer up our prayers. That we acknowledge the dignity that each one of us possesses. And through that acknowledgement, we develop a greater respect for life in all its forms. Now, if I'm going to live out what I pray for, that means I have to be alert to what's going on around me. I have to be aware of those who are in need and suffering. I'd like to share with you a little story that happened to me in the early days of my hospital ministry. One morning, I had promised a woman that I would be there prior to her surgery so we could pray together. So I got up early that morning and drove down to the hospital, and it was about 6.30 in the morning, and I'm walking through the parking deck, and there's this man going through the trash barrel. It caught my eye, but I just went on by. And I went in and found out that they had taken the patient in early to surgery. So what was prior in my life, what was that number one commitment that I had to get there to fulfill my promise had no longer a bearing. And then I suddenly remembered that individual in the trash barrel. And I went back. And I found a wrapper with a partially eaten Mickey D sandwich in there. That man was hungry, and I 
walked by. I didn't even acknowledge his existence. And to this day, that's haunted me. To this day, the Lord has not presented another opportunity like that to me. But he has given me the example of being able to recall that every time I go through the hospital. Check those trash barrels. See what's going on around you. Be aware of your brother or sister who's in need. And for that, I thank the Lord. How many of you think that God highly esteems you? Anybody want to raise their hand? There's some. All right. God does. God esteems you, and he wants to tell you how much he loves you. He wants to tell you about his great love that sent his son to reconcile us back to him, but most importantly to one another. He wants to tell you the love that sent the spirit that wants to lead and guide us to the kingdom. He wants to reaffirm his promise. Fear not, I am with you. I am with you, Martha, when you're doing all the work. I am with you, Terry, when you're frustrated and wondering what's coming next. I am with you, John, when you think there's nothing left for you except to take your own life. I am with you. I want to tell you how much I love you. Our problem is we're not willing to stop and let him tell us how much he loves us. We're not willing to step back and shut up. Too often we beseech him with words of prayer and so forth, and we think that as the ancients with the multiplicity of words will get his attention. When all we have to do is sit down and say, here I am, Lord. Talk to me. Tell me your story. Tell me what my story should be. Help me to live out that call. And if we are willing to do that, we will find out the true meaning of hospitality because we will welcome in that unknown stranger and in welcoming in that unknown stranger, we will welcome in the person who is our Lord and our God.